We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Juan, capítulo 20, versículos 1 al 18. And today is actually a longer passage, so I'm going to read the full passage in English, but you can follow along in Spanish at home if that is your preference. So go ahead and open up with me to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. And we're going to ask God to open our ears and open our hearts to hear this resurrection story. John 20, beginning at verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside of the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Let's give thanks to God and pray together. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we give you thanks and praise on this Easter Sunday. We thank you, Lord, for just the promise of Easter, that the worst things will not be the last things, 
And Lord, because you live, that means that we too shall also live. Lord, you are the Father of lights, the Father that takes care of us and provides for us. And we pray that today, Lord, you would shine your light on us. Speak to us in a new way, in a way that is clear, fresh, and direct this morning, God. By your word, Lord, would you give us a new understanding of this beautiful day, this happy day where we celebrate your resurrection. Transform our hearts and our minds, Lord, through the power of your resurrection. Lord, we pray all this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. I'm sure that if we took time to actually take a survey and ask people around the world the following question, what is the biggest day of the year for Christians? Perhaps most people will respond and maybe say Christmas. Certainly, that is what society has achieved, a really romantic midwinter festival where most of the things that really matter about Christmas are actually excluded or conveniently forgotten. Specifically, the fact that God entered into the human story to save us from the state that we were in. We conveniently exclude the bigness of Christmas and we minimize it. We minimize the fact that God showed up, that he became like us so that we could be with him. That he came to save us so that we could find our identity and our purpose in him. Christmas aside, the task of the church, of us as the people of God here and now, we are tasked with making abundantly clear the right answer to that question. What is the biggest day of the year for Christians? And the answer is Easter, the resurrection. This is the case not only for this nice holiday that we're celebrating today, but because of what it points to, the resurrection, the new hope that we have in Christ. Today we celebrate that happy day, the greatest day in history, a, a day that is good news for all people in all times, in all places, because it has implications and impact for everyone. The good news of Easter affects all of creation. Easter is not an end. Easter is actually a new beginning. Through the resurrection of Jesus, we celebrate at Easter that what it actually what many thought to be the end is actually a new beginning for creation. On the cross, many of the disciples thought that that was the end. But the good news of Easter is that what they thought was the end is actually a new beginning. That's what we celebrate this morning. One very beautiful and unique aspect of the Christian faith of following Jesus is the fact that we actually trace our entire story as Christians to a particular event in human history. This is not the case or the fact with other worldviews or with other world religions. To my knowledge, this is not the case for Hinduism or Zoroastrianism or other ancestral religions that we can think of. 
But for us, for followers of Jesus, everything hinges on this day and on this event. One day, there was no such thing as a church. There was no such thing as the family of God. The family of God is that, the church, people who place their faith and their functional trust in Jesus. For us as followers of Jesus, we need to understand that our entire faith hinges on a specific event that occurred on a specific day. And that's what we celebrate today. The fact that the day before the the resurrection, there was no church. There was no Christian family. But after this event of resurrection, suddenly there was born into this world a new people, a new humanity, a new creation, a Jesus people, the Christian family. People who were willing to lay down their lives and suffer extraordinary measures for the sake of this man, Jesus, the one who had resurrected from the dead. People were now willing to give up their lives in order to gain new lives for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's amazing to see in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are all biographies of Jesus. They tell us about the life of Jesus while he was here on earth. And something very special about these biographies is that they're unlike any other biography written about any other person. The Gospels actually spend most of their time describing the last week of Jesus' life. This is the case for all four Gospels. All four of them spend most of their time describing the death and the resurrection of Jesus. They did this knowing that the entire movement that they were a part of began with this event and depended on this event, on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Followers of Jesus went from one day being dismayed, confused, disappointed, to suddenly, after this one event, they were no longer dismayed or discouraged or confused, but they were convinced that Jesus rose from the dead. And this meant that there was a new hope, a living hope. There was a new beginning. Two days before, the disciples, those that were with Jesus, They thought this was the end. But instead, the resurrection reveals that what they think is the end is actually a new beginning. That's what Easter reminds us of, friends, brothers, and sisters. What we think is the end is actually a new beginning. This season of COVID-19 is not the end, but through the power of the resurrection, this is a new beginning. The tomb was empty, and then they saw that he was alive. They didn't understand how this was the case or how this could be, but yet it was so. Jesus was alive And in a new kind of way, somehow, in Jesus, the resurrection had begun. God's new creation, God's new thing had begun, and they understood themselves as a part of that new creation. 
They were a part of the resurrection of Jesus as God's people. We are a part of the resurrection. And that makes us new creations. That makes us a new community. These early followers of Jesus in the first Easter, they would proclaim the same words that we proclaim. Hallelujah, he has risen. He has risen indeed. They were proclaiming and also affirming the significance that God has been faithful to his promises. And even now, friend, brother, sister, rest assured, God will be faithful to his promises. Even in this time, he will remain faithful. He will come through as he as he will come through as he always has, as he always does, and as he always will. The cross was more than just his death. It was not just his death, but it was our death. Our sin got forgiven through what Jesus did on the cross. On that cross, our guilt and our shame were defeated. Just to give us an idea of what we're dealing with here, because sometimes I know we can listen to sermons and just be comfortable in kind of that abstract zone, and we can entertain that, but sometimes it's important to really take that down, bring it to the ground on a base level. On the cross, God defeated our sin, our shame, and our guilt. All those things, particularly shame. Shame tries to make a claim and a declaration on our identity. Shame tries to claim that I am unlovable or I am unworthy. But the good news of Easter the new hope we have in the resurrection is that the resurrection also speaks to our identity. The resurrection will not allow shame or guilt to have the final word on our identity. Shame or guilt does not have the final word on your identity. Those who abide in Christ are identified as righteous before God. God has done something new that has changed everything through the cross and through the resurrection. God has restored us and God has redefined us. He has freed us from the bondage of death, from the bondage of shame. He has set us free through the power of the resurrection. It's hard to imagine what these early disciples felt when they first saw Jesus resurrected from the, from the dead. But the best example that I could think of would be to invite us all into a little thought experiment right now, to use your imagination. Take a moment to think of someone that you know has passed away. Someone that was dear to you, was close to you, but they're gone, they've died. You went to their burial, and you know they're not with us anymore. Now imagine, after our worship service here, after our time together, if you walk into your kitchen 
And there is that person right in front of you, standing right there. That person that you know has passed away, just standing in front of you, fully alive, physically, in the flesh, right in front of you. This is the weight of Easter. This is how the apostles, the first witnesses, would have felt. Someone was dead and is now alive. Not just alive spiritually, not just alive emotionally, but alive actually, really physically alive. It would be very difficult to believe such a thing. For some, it can even feel completely unbelievable. But this is the weight of Easter morning. This is the claim. This is the victory. This is what we're celebrating today. This is what we gather around, this announcement that he has risen. He died and he rose again. Yet some of us can try and continue to contain the Easter message in a simple or a domesticated way. We can just want to distract ourselves or suppress really the weight of Easter, the shocking, uh, the, the, the surprise and the challenge of Easter. We try to contain the Easter holiday in a way where no one gets too scared or too shocked. But remember, in, in that first Easter, that's exactly how people felt. Shocked. They couldn't believe it, yet it was true, and that's what made it good news. Instead, we settle sometimes for just making Easter this colorful spring festival where, you know, we get to wear nice colors, where we get to have some great brunch specials, do some Easter egg hunts. And I'll just be clear, I'm not hating on any of those things. I'll probably, I'm all, just to be honest with you, I'm probably going to get some takeout delivery later today too. So yes, support our local restaurants in this time. They deliver. But that's not exactly what Easter is about. But why do we do this? including myself, and I put myself in the same category. Why as a society, why as church and non-church people do we oversimplify Easter in these ways? Well, if I'm honest with myself about this question on why exactly we do this, I think it's because we are like the people in the first Easter in the passage that we read this morning. We are surprised and we are shocked, just like they were, by this claim that there was someone dead that is now alive again. And if that's true, then that changes everything. Some of us can think, well, Pastor Carlos, that's a beautiful story, but that's the Bible and ancient people back then were just kind of dumb, and they believed that sort of thing. We modern people would never believe something like that. Well, I hate to burst our bubble with this newsflash for all of us, just to be clear. Ancient people were not dumb. They were not fools. In fact, all of the technology and the advancements that we have today are all because we stand on the shoulders of the giants that came before us. 
people in biblical times. In fact, this Bible that we gather around every single week was written by ancient people. People back then, the people that came before us, they knew what we know today. They knew that dead people stayed dead. I'm sorry to break it to us and to our 21st century egos. This new finding that dead people stay dead, that is not something that we discovered through the internet or through social media. Ancient people in those biblical times also knew that dead people stayed dead. The claim of the resurrection is that what God has done in Jesus Christ is the beginning of a new creation. Christ has risen from the dead, and this new power, this resurrection power, has entered into human reality. It's a resurrection power that claims that whatever the worst thing may be, there is something beyond that. In the passage that we read this morning, we read about this person, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, who saw the stone, had been rolled away. And when the Apostle John wrote this, he was referring to an actual physical stone. But he's also referring here to the barriers between us and God. And on that Easter morning, because of the resurrection, those barriers have been rolled away. Jesus has moved them. And the truth is that we all have barriers. And certainly, we all have stones that we place before God. But none of those stones is big enough None of those stones is big enough to keep us from God. The stone, the barrier of sin and death, those stones have been rolled away. They are now removed through the power of the resurrection. They are gone. They have no power over us anymore. And that is exactly why the response of these early Christian believers is so joyful and so groundbreaking even today. And that is why followers of Jesus throughout the centuries have cried out in response to this good news and have sang millions of songs in response to this good news. That is why the great 19th century classic composer Handel, he wrote the Hallelujah Chorus. You know which one I'm talking about? You can do it right there with your family. Hallelujah. I'm not going to do it for you but you can do it right there, right where you are. But this beautiful chorus was actually inspired by the greatest event in history, a chorus that has been sung by billions of people throughout the generations, a chorus that proclaims that there is now nothing between us and God. That is what inspired this song that's maybe familiar to so many of us, Humanity gets the opportunity to respond to this good news. And here's the truth, that even today, each one of us is either stepping toward this good news, stepping away toward this good news, or just perhaps standing still in light of this good news. This Easter message in the passage that we read, we see something beautiful. We see how Jesus just suddenly showed up 
right behind Mary. And now, since the stone has been rolled away, this very same Jesus will simply show up to us in surprising and fresh ways. Even throughout this unique and uncertain season and throughout this year that none of us predicted, I pray that God would give us eyes and ears to experience that. For Mary Magdalene, Jesus just showed up surprisingly in the garden. And for us in this year, with open eyes and open ears, my prayer is that we would be open to seeing Jesus show up in surprising ways for us as well. In this season of social distancing, in this season of working from home or homeschooling, in our grieving and in our rejoicing, Jesus will show up in surprising ways. Will we be open to him? Will we take the step toward him that he's already taking toward us? In this passage that we read, we see how Mary Magdalene proclaimed the words, Look, I have seen the Lord. I believe that through the course of this year, especially as together we navigate this uncertain time, that we will also have those experiences where we share and testify to one another, Look, I have seen the Lord. Look, we have seen the Lord. Because the stone has been rolled away and God has stepped out and he has stepped toward us. He has been released into the world, into this reality. The stone being rolled away means that God has stepped out and that he has extended his saving arm toward us. God extending his arm toward us, this is good news and true news. Some of you may be thinking, well, that sounds pretty good or pretty true, but I honestly still have some doubts. I'm not sure that I can make that step. Well, I have two suggestions to you as you're watching this and in this season together. One, keep the conversation with God going. Keep the questions going. Don't just stop there in your doubt. Remember that in the very first Easter, the first witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus experienced the same doubts, the same questions, and the same uncertainty that you may be feeling in this season. They couldn't believe it, but it was true. Easter is good news and true news. So that's my first uh, um, suggestion. Keep the, connect, keep the conversation going with God and with others. And second, second suggestion is stay connected. Stay connected to God and to the church, to God's people, to God's community. And even in this unique season, we're all doing our life together as a church online. And then in person, when we're able to once again we'll have that opportunity to walk alongside each other. Do not go on this journey alone. Let's continue to carry one another and to build each other up so that we can point others to this good news as well. Look, we have seen the Lord. By the power of the resurrection, we're restored 
We're made new. We gather together weekly because the stone has been rolled away. We get to witness and testify just like Mary Magdalene did in that morning. We have seen the Lord. The most important step in human history we read about here in this passage. And it's a step that was taken by none of us, but it's a step that was taken by Jesus on Easter morning. Jesus stepped out of the grave into a new reality. Jesus stepped out into new creation. The first step in the new creation was the step that Jesus took. But a part of the story is that there's a second step that needs to be taken as well. And that's the invitation today. Jesus is taking a step toward you. Will you take a step toward him? As Jesus steps toward us, some of us will respond and react in different ways. Some of us will want to move away. Some will want to draw near to him. Others will just stand still right where they are. Easter morning, this resurrection Victory proclaims that Jesus is alive. This is good news and true news. All people are invited to belong to him. This is true news for the unconvinced. This is welcoming news to the person that feels uninvited. And this is good news for the unmoved. This Easter proclamation is an announcement. An announcement that is good, true, and welcoming news. That's what the resurrection is about. Some of us may hear this and feel that it may be all of those things. The resurrection is good, is true, but some of us may still feel like we're unlikely or unqualified to take that step toward Jesus. And if that is the true, if you feel unlikely or unqualified, then congratulations. That means that you are exactly like Mary Magdalene and the apostles in the first Easter story. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mary Magdalene was someone who perhaps felt both uninvited and unmoved. Yet Jesus took a step toward her in this passage. She was actually the first to proclaim that the tomb was empty. And perhaps she was granted the greatest privilege of all. She had the opportunity to meet and speak to the risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Still others may feel a bit unconvinced if this, and wonder if this message is true. And maybe that's you well, then maybe that means you're actually like the gospel writer, John. John, who actually had some kind of faith before in God, but now because of the power of the resurrection, John had now believed and had seen the resurrection. Because Jesus rose again, all things will be made new and all things will be restored. So whether you feel unconvinced, uninvited, or unmoved, Jesus takes a step toward you. On this Easter Sunday, 
He's stepping toward you. He's taken the first step. Will you take a step toward him today? Toward the risen Lord who sees you and draws near to you. Jesus took the first step from one life to a new life. He took this first step from the tomb to the new creation. He took the step to a new life beyond where death has been defeated and life can now be lived to all of its fullest. Where you and I can live into those real words, those beautiful words by an ancient Christian leader by the name of Irenaeus who said, Oh, the glory of God is humanity fully alive. Jesus invites us into new life. We get to step into that new reality. And now, no matter what, that invitation is there. We can step into this new creation no matter what may be going on around us. We'll conclude with just this brief reflection on the last couple of verses in this passage that we read today. I'll start at verse 14, John 20, verse 14, and you can follow along, and it should be on the projector as well. John 20, verse 14. At this time, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Mary Magdalene's guess here was that Jesus was the gardener. And that was a guess that was wrong on one level, but it was so right on another level. This is the new creation. The resurrection of Jesus is the beginning of something new. We see that the story of the Bible, the scriptures, begins in a garden, in the Garden of Eden. And, he, and that starts the story of humanity in the scriptures. But here now, in the Gospel of John we see that we're invited into another garden, also telling us a story of creation, of a new creation. In this new creation, Jesus is the gardener, the one who will bring chaos into order, the one who has come to plant and uproot thorns and thistles and replace them with blossoms and harvest. This year, this day, let Jesus call you by your name, just as he did Mary Magdalene on that morning. Let Jesus call you by your name. Let Jesus call those by their name, the ones right next to you, the ones that you are praying for in this season, those that need the love and the healing of Jesus today. Then after you hear him call you by your name, take that step. Take that step toward him. Step out of one day and step into a new day. Right now, this step can be taken right where you are. And I want to invite you to do that right now, right where you are. Or you can even come back to this video and do it as well. 
but even right as you are, just as you are, you can pray, Jesus, I trust you more than I trust in myself. I trust you more than my circumstances or situations that are beyond my control. Today, Lord, would you be my Lord and Savior. Live in me and give me new life. In your name we pray. Amen. You can pray that right where you are. Taking that step from one day, an old day, into a new day. From old creation to new creation. And it may not feel that different. Yet if you take that step with Jesus today, everything has changed. The process of taking that step reminds me of some of the most special moments that I've had in my life. I think about five years ago when I became a parent for the first time. And it was one of the most important days of my entire life. It was during Thanksgiving of 2015 when my oldest son was born. There was a lot of excitement, a lot of commotion at first, very little sleep, and uh, just constantly running up and down, very little time to think and reflect on anything. Then when my second son was born 22 months after that, there was even less time to think, less time to rest, less time to reflect on, ev- on anything. But every once in a while, it would hit me, just like a ton of bricks. I would think to myself, oh my goodness, I'm a dad. And these kids, they're always going to view me as their dad, no matter what. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And this doesn't only apply to parents, but anyone that you may have that forever bond kind of with. It hits me every once in a while. Of all people, I get to be their dad. I sometimes come home with this deep philosophical way of thinking. My mind is just completely blown by this idea, and it feels like too much. And then I just share it with my wife, with Charlotte, and I tell her, you know what? I can't believe it. I'm a father, but I don't always feel like a father. I still feel like me. In some ways, I still feel the same way as I did before I was a father. Even before the kids were born, I know that I'm still me. I still feel like me, so what do I do with that? To which my wife, Charlotte, in her wisdom, just usually gives me a standard response when I come with those thoughts and ideas and emotions she just, uh, when, I, when I feel that way, she just looks me right in the eye and she says, Darling, I don't care how you feel. Whether you feel it or not, you are a father. And no mood, no feeling or situation can change that. Friend, brother, sister, the same is true for you. If you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are a part of the new creation. No mood, no feeling, no global pandemic can ever change that. Easter is not just good news, it is true news. Jesus claims that whoever lives in me will never die. This is not just some kind of fancy metaphor or nice idea or figure of speech, but Jesus really means what he says. This is not some kind of vague hope, but it is God's promise. 
Death no longer has the power to pluck you or to separate you from the arms of God. If you have trusted in Jesus, there is a resurrection coming. In this unprecedented season, may we hold on to God's promises that there is a resurrection coming. Frightened people, parents, children, those staying at home in self-isolation, emergency workers, hear this. There is a resurrection coming for you. Teenager or young person confused about this uncertain time where plans have suddenly been canceled. There is a resurrection coming for you. Senior citizen or those with underlying conditions that may feel most vulnerable in this time, there is a resurrection coming for you. All those who are struggling with depression, anxiety, feeling like we're all just on this constant emotional roller coaster, yes, there is a resurrection coming for you. Easter is a reminder that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Whatever that stone was or is for you, that stone has now been rolled away. And today, here and now, this same resurrected Lord Jesus, he steps toward you and he calls you by your very name. Let's pray together. Lord God, today we celebrate your resurrection this morning. We celebrate that you have risen. And that means, Lord God, that there is hope that cannot be squashed. There is life. There is a comfort that goes beyond our circumstance, that goes beyond our situation, that goes beyond our understanding. Lord, today I pray that you would help us to take that next step toward you. Meet us right where we are. Meet us today in our doubts, in our questions, in our feelings that are just all over the place. May we be reminded that no guilt, no shame, no condemnation, no feeling can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Be lifted high and receive the rest of this time in worship and praise. Receive that as a sweet aroma. You are worthy of this praise, Lord. So we sing, we pray, and we proclaim all these things in the faithful name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ.